We come into this world completely and totally dependent on others, and there's no shame in it. Nobody ever held a baby and said, well, you needy little Grinch, you know? <laughs> That's not how we treat them. Um, and we always need each other, all stages of our life. We are looking forward our way. We're in Studio C in the 511 Studios in the Brewer District, just south of downtown in Columbus, Ohio. This is Brett. With me, as always, is Carol. Today's show is going to have a, a, a bit of a different slant. Yes. Yes. How's it, how are you doing today? I'm, I'm really good. Good. Yeah. Good. Well, you know, today, most families are multi-generational, and each generation has significant needs, and chances are they're a little conflicting needs. <laughs> um, many in our community have struggled over the past years dealing with not only child care, but in many cases, responsibility for caregiving of parents and grandparents. Um, today's guest is going to provide us with insights on not just the caregiving industry, but also the challenges that today's families face, and most importantly, the hurdles she crosses every day communicating that information to the general public and to clients and families. All right. And we want to welcome Lisa Stockdale. She is the Senior Vice President of Sales and Marketing for Capital Healthcare Network. And she's the host of Aging in Full Bloom. Take a moment, subscribe to that podcast right now. Yeah, thank you, Brett. Lisa, <laughs> thanks so much for joining us today. All, all, all disclosures, I work with her with her podcast. Yeah, so you're that's my why podcast guy. Exactly, right? exactly. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us. We've had you on the list to talk to you for a while and it's just one of those, okay, let's get it scheduled. Yeah. You know, and, and we think this is a very important topic and you've discussed it a lot in your podcast as well too. It's, how do we talk to each other about this stuff? Sure. You know, one of the things that I found out, and and again, for listeners, Brett and I always have this thing about who knows who. So we're putting you in his co column this week <laughs> because normally they're in my column that I know the guest okay. and, and bring the guest in. But you and I have a really similar background. We which, do. Um, which I didn't realize. We both have degrees in sociology, social sciences from Ohio State. Yay. Yes. The Ohio State University. The Ohio State University. Go Bucks! That's right. um, uh, we're taping this still in the middle of football season. So <laughs> you better say yeah, that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So um, one of your first positions were in marketing and sales in private industry. Then you moved into the caregiving and health industries. I'd like to really start our conversation with an overview of your background, um, what it is that brought you to the caregiving arena, and tell us about marketing as your niche. Sure. Well, I kind of fell into healthcare. It isn't anything I ever envisioned for myself. I was a realtor for many years um, in Central Ohio, but we had a recession in 07, 09, mm -hmm. and I found it necessary to reinvent myself, if you will. Um, and I had a friend who had a friend who had a home health care agency, and this fellow had clients, but he wasn't making any money, and that's never a good thing. Mm -hmm. You want to take care of people, but you got to make money to keep taking care of people. So um, I was invited in to help him solve that problem, and I learned from the ground up about home health care, and that was a couple of years I did that, and then I thought, you know, I should really get back to sales because that's what I do best. And I um, really didn't know much about seniors or, or the older um, generations. My grandparents were relatively young. They were very active. And I, um, when I was studying at The Ohio State University and then later my master's degrees, I understood um, concepts about 
sexism and racism and classism, but ageism wasn't something I had ever given any thought to. Mm -hmm. And so during those two years, I discovered that we don't think that highly of older people in this country, and that bothered me um, on a deep level. And um, it was really heartbreaking, to be quite honest, because it's never how we did it in our family. Um, And I discovered that there are people in this country who have outlived their resources. They've outlived everybody that loves them. They're um, dealing with a roller coaster in terms of the healthcare challenges, and they don't have the resources or the support in place that they need to have any kind of quality of life. And I thought, well, I'm going to do something about that. Lisa, you brought up a ton of topics. <laughs> Just, I, my, my brain is like is like bouncing off the walls here. First and foremost, that notion of going into a career in anything revolving around seniors, I think 90% of us got into it by accident. Yeah, seems backed, like it. Backed it? into it somehow. I did that because I had, mine was a career counseling background, backed into my agency helping older adults find find work. Mm-hmm. Um, it also, though, really typifies what I used to tell my students at The Ohio State University, that with a social sciences background, you can do anything. Yeah, you can. You know, look at what you have been able to accomplish with those degrees and because you understand sort of the world in a larger picture. And because you understand that world in a larger picture, you could pinpoint ageism as an issue that we are fighting desperately. I agree. And the other thing that you understand um, when you get that kind of degree is that you can make a difference mm-hmm. because you're studying uh, you know, case studies of people who have made a difference. And you kind of, you know, you feel like, well, if they could do it, I can do it. Right. (laughs) And I want to do it. I want to make a difference. So that's at the core of everything is this idea that we can make a difference when we roll our sleeves up, when we're passionate about what we're doing. I know some people um, don't want to call themselves salespeople. I've never had a problem with that. I am a salesperson. I think the reason it doesn't bother me is because I believe in what I'm selling. Mm -hmm. And I know that what I'm selling matters now more than back in the real estate days. Don't hate me, real estate friends, because I still love you. (laughs) But um, getting the house you want is a little bit different um, than getting the health you deserve and having the attention that you deserve. Right. So um, I'm happy to have landed here. Well, I, I want to give a, a shout out to an organization in Ohio called Osage, O-S-A-G-E. And I don't know if you yes, know about those folks. I do. Um, our buddy, Mark Millay, who retired from the Ohio um, Department of Aging, um, is really uh, pushing the organization and the concept of young folks in college going purposefully choosing careers, working with older adults, mm-hmm. gerontology, whatever it may be. Um, but really looking at this as a legitimate career field absolutely, as as opposed to something that we back into by mm-hmm. accident. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I just want to give out a, sh- a shout out to, to the Osage folks and to my young cousin who graduated with a social science degree and is working for Franklin County Children's Services and loves it. Oh, wow. So again, being able to give back that's to really, really using all of those skills. So yeah, that's wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. And, you know, and Lisa and I have worked together 
many years as she had a radio program initially. And then we got together as she was transitioning out of radio and kind of looking at it more as a podcast. Yeah. And and that leads me to this question of the technology piece of this, Mm -hmm. that you're dealing with clients that are older and maybe not up to date on technology. That's getting much better. Mm -hmm. Maybe family members that aren't quite there on technology. And and that's how we speak today. It's how we get information Mm -hmm. out. Tell us why using electronic marketing has been valuable for you, how it's been working for you, knowing you've actually been on the cutting edge of using yeah, we this, were this doing stuff before. Before yeah. anybody knew what a podcast was. Right, right. <laughs> right. Yeah. But but you believed in it. You had people behind you believing in mm-hmm. it. Plus you had other pieces, websites and such like that, but other electronic devices and, and marketing options you had – why why is it so important? Why do you you know, how did it work for you and how is it going to continue to work as you've seen over the past few years? Well, I don't know how it will continue to work because what I understand is that we are in a constant state of change and you have to be relevant and you have to stay up um, with whatever is happening. I think you'd be surprised at the number of seniors who are um, technically savvy, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, they're using Facebook and they're, Phones and they're doing, especially since the pandemic, um, everyone's learned how to, you know, chat on their phone and and share faces with one another and that sort of thing. And if you think about adult children, um, you know, those people are probably on the low end, 55, and on the high end, 65, 70. Those people know how to use this technology. Um, and if they don't, they have a grandchild that will teach them, <laughs> mm-hmm. and they're willing to learn. So um, I don't think it's the same challenge today that it was 10 years ago. I think it was a big challenge 10 years ago, but we're aging, and um, the pandemic, if it taught us nothing, uh, it did teach us that we have to be willing to change and adapt and learn. Yeah, I think that, I think that age group, too, is is feeling that FOMO, fear of missing out, mm-hmm. because so sure. much, so many of us are talking about it and kind of showing pictures on a phone and such. It's like they finally kind of get that's kind of what I need to do, don't right. isn't it? Yeah. But you know, I think too that um, when when we would talk to employers and they'd say, "Oh, you know, I can't hire seniors because they don't know technology," we would try to emphasize with them that you know. Uh, the the boomers created all this technology that you're all <laughs> the young folks are <laughs> using now. Yes, it's a it was our idea. Um, we are the internet, but um, but also it's that notion that people learn differently because we haven't had it since we literally could hold a telephone. Mm-hmm. You know, the kids today don't know what the world would be like without a smartphone. Where we are you know we are still thinking of the phone on the wall yeah. or the payphone on the street kind of thing so we learn it differently um we know technology changes rapidly it did through our whole lives and mm-hmm. through our work worlds um but we have the ability to adapt so my funny story is i was at a hallmark shop earlier this week and um they gave me a, a physical hallmark, a physical hallmark shop <laughs> that's a thing um, right? i had a, i had a hot little coupon in my hand <laughs> And, and a paper wanted, coupon. A paper <laughs> coupon, yes. Uh, and I, I, I needed a card, but I thought, I'm going to see if I can spend up to this coupon and get something free. But um, they gave me a um, uh, like a rain check for something. 
And I said, and I just looked at the woman behind the desk who was much older than me. And I said, oh, now I got to remember to use this, you know, in a certain period of time. And she goes, well, just put it in your phone. She goes, I make all my notes on, you know, in the calendar that I keep on my phone and da, da, da. I mean, I know she was well into her 70s, uh-huh. well into her 70s. So I'm like, and who, I just looked at her and I said, and who said old people can't use technology? And she just started laughing. But it's it's that. We're using it. Well, and how about the notion that we're all always learning? Mm-hmm. Like learning right. doesn't stop when you get out of school or you exactly. raise your children or or you retire or whenever people say it's supposed to stop. And we're all always learning. Even when I arrived here, I parked in front of the building at one of the meters and it said, pay with your app. And I thought, oh, gosh, I don't have an app. What what the mm-hmm. heck? It took my quarter, thankfully. Yes. <laughs> A couple of quarters. But, um, you know, none of us have arrived. And so we all have to be open to continual learning, regardless of age. Talk about um, using the resources you have at the time you need them. Middle of pandemic, Brett is dragging me downtown Columbus to park. (laughs) And you can't get quarters for the meters because nobody's spending (laughs) and the banks wouldn't give them out. That's right. So he walked me through the app. So I use the app on my telephone there for parking and go. I have taught other people to do it. So yeah, you can, you can do it if you have to, so right? There's another thing we ought to share our information. Well, you know, that's a good point. Be Thank you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So one of the things that I'm um, completely fascinated with on, on podcasting is that it's really voice marketing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not, I, I came, you know, I grew up in a world at Ohio state where we were creating print advertising for students. I used to have to beg them to put, I was in continuing education. So I used to have to beg the university to put an older adult into university publications. I mean, they, that was, Mm -hmm. if they weren't 18, they didn't want them, you know, to be seen as a viable candidate for a student. Going into voice marketing, um, that's not just an afterthought. You saw the value of, of this movement. What convinced you to move in this direction of radio and then podcasting? And what what moved you towards the podcasting? I mean, when Brett first told me about creating a podcast program for my agency, I just said, that's great, but what's a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, honestly, I was invited to speak on a radio program about um, a program that I had put together on senior bullying. Mm. And um, so I prepared Seven Ways to Sunday. It was my first experience in a studio. And I came in, and they had two or three other guests in the studio plus me. The other guests were way more interesting than me, so I probably got to speak for 30 seconds or something. But the experience of it, um, it resonated with me. And I thought, I can do this. This is easy. Mm -hmm. This is just having a candid conversation and be willing to ask um, hard questions if you have to or obvious questions if they need to be. It's it's probing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And I thought, you know, this this sort of coincides with my journalism degree from Mm -hmm. um, the university. And I, I wonder if anyone's doing anything that addresses seniors or older adults. And they weren't. And so I did. And some other people came along and they tried to imitate what I had going, which they say that's the 
the form of flattery, right? Yes. It, yes. I wasn't flattered. I was <laughs> aggravated. <laughs> But they didn't get out of my sandbox. (laughs) (laughs) They did not have the success I was having. And so those programs didn't last. But there came a time um, where I was, you know, I'm always trying to stay relevant. And I was seeing that, you know, podcasting is becoming a thing. And I really need more flexibility with my job Mm because it was a live talk radio program. So every Thursday at 10 o'clock, I had to physically be in Columbus, and my work has me on the road a lot. Um, So I contacted Brett and said, hey, what do you think about this? And he's like, let's start tomorrow. (laughs) And then we almost did. (laughs) Yes, yes. So that's what um, the studio experience, and, you know, I've always had something to say, and I'm curious. And so it just, it was a natural fit for me to interview people. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I I think um, in in my in looking at my role and this sort of being my third round of careers, I, I said that what I was hoping to be able to do is to learn something new every day. Yeah, and you which can. I was, when and you, you talk can. to people, can't you? You can. I mean, the amount of research that uh, we're not just getting up to these mics and just talking. You know, we have to, even though Brett knows you, I'm sitting there looking things up and trying to come up with a theme for the podcast and <laughs> the, the appropriate questions. Um, but it's just it's where we've gone outside of our normal venue, mm-hmm. he and I, into areas, you know, like um, the Hyperloop. I can, I always want to talk about the, to, to the Morpsy folks about the <laughs> Hyperloop, those kinds of things. I mean, we it really has been a way for us to keep our own stimulation going, our own learning going. For sure. That's part of the reward of it. You, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, yeah, very true. I tell my sales team, you know, in sales, they say always be closing, but I say always be learning. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, what are you reading? And they're like, reading. I'm like, yeah, like a real book. You ever hold one of those? <laughs> um, if not, do it on your device. I don't care how you get the information. But, um, you know, that is the wonderful thing about interviewing. And you also become exposed to multiple um, perspectives, which is very important because everyone doesn't think like, look like, talk like, believe like, worship like, vote like you. And that's okay. That's okay. Mm -hmm. So we're not afraid of the political aspect. Um, I just want people who have a heart for seniors to tell us what they've experienced or what they're thinking or what their ideas are um, because it matters. Experience does matter. That that really brings up a, a another whole a target topic that we have we haven't talked about technology, email, Twitter, all the other social medias, mm-hmm. um, texting has taken away our ability to talk to each other, actually physically talk to each other. Maybe not even face to face, but podcasting does. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's a shame that that is one disadvantage to technology, um, in my opinion. And part of talking is listening, mm-hmm. and we don't know how to do that either. Um, you know, a lot of times I, I watch people because I like to watch people, and and um, I can tell when 
they're uh, talking or engaging with another human being that they're busy formulating an answer in their head. <laughs> right. They're not really listening to understand what that other person is saying. And podcasting takes you right there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I say, and I, I steal this from a fellow named Dennis Prager. Do you know Dennis Prager? Mm-hmm. Um, he says the, the ear is deeper than the eye. The eye just gets us all distracted. <laughs> Very but true. if we're just listening, it's a different kind of learning and it's a different kind of insight. I used to tell clients that I was a good networker only because I was inherently nosy. <laughs> I, I would, Whatever it takes, Carol. It, it does. It does. It just it didn't. You had said it earlier to be curious. To be curious. You have to be curious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those that are in podcasting know that there are limited numbers of resources that you can find out who's listening to your podcast. You mm-hmm. can you kind of know numbers. You kind of know where they live. Mm-hmm. That's about it. That's about yeah. it. And I think I want to go to the success of what's going on with you right now because it goes back to this communication deal that you have people contacting you to be on your podcast. Yeah. And I think that's a, a growth opportunity. You're networking in that realm. I want to talk a little bit about that, how that began and who you're talking to. And and I think that speaks to the podcasting medium in itself that you're you know using other media channels to get in front of them because they're contacting you through Facebook mostly and some phone calls and emails. You know, it's like, mostly come, email actually. Yeah. It's mostly email. Yeah. So, Brett, you know, the thing is, it shocks me. I mean, we, we, we've been doing this for a few years. Yeah. Um, I really, when I had the radio program, I was all about promoting it. I don't have time. I haven't had time because my day job takes up so much of my time. Um, so when the emails started coming with all these people wanting to be on, I was like, well, what is happening? And for me... I mean, I want people to listen, there's no doubt, but more than that, I want people to be impacted. I want to make a difference. And so when I get an email or I get a review um, where someone is saying, you know, this is a great resource, I learn, I laugh, I can't wait to hear what you're going to do next, that's enough. I'll take that one listener over and over again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But it is a powerful medium, podcasting, because we haven't really worked hard to promote it, but people are coming. And I think it's because there's so many, you can get it in so many different ways and you can get it on your phone, you can get it on your laptop. It's just so convenient. And so it works for our lifestyles. Yeah. And I, and, and to that end, I think people are reaching out to you because it is a really economical way to get their message out. You're, sure. you're educating. They, they've listened to the podcast knowing that you're going to educate. So it, it fulfills what you want to do with yeah. the podcast, and, honestly. And yeah. here's another cool thing about podcasting as opposed to live radio. <laughs> I have interviewed some people that um, I didn't quite buy what they were selling. And you just don't publish that one. And that's okay. Because I do think that my audience trusts me. And so when I have somebody on, it's not like I'm saying, you know, use this person. But it is a kind of endorsement. Mm -hmm. um, And I want to be careful. And so if you can't convince me um, or if you can't communicate your ideas clearly, and it's been both things, then, you know, we'll have the talk but we just don't publish it. All right. So um, there is 
an element of control that yeah. I like very much. Yeah. Well, I, and I, I want to spotlight a couple of the, the guests that you've had. I mean, I know our audience are, is going to remember Body by Jake. Yeah. And, and he contacted her to, you know, basically it was on a, a promo tour of talking about his new – nutrients and, and bars and and his new gyms he was opening up stuff but lisa got into talking to him about family mm-hmm. and his mom mm-hmm. and that was a prior uh, talk about how in the middle he, of the pandemic yeah how he could react and, and talk to his mom and those that story was really strong it was. in regards to how that was affecting him how it was affecting her it was from the heart. And I guess the other like interesting thing when I think about that story is I, I always say we have so much more in common than differentiates us. And his experience, not unlike dozens of other families that I've heard from and that I've seen and that I've witnessed. And if we could bond based on that common experience instead of fussing and fighting over everything we don't agree on, wow, it'd be a better world. Yeah. Yeah, because I, it's a much smaller percentage of what's different than what's alike about all of us yeah, and our needs. Yeah, being human, you know, <clears throat> be mm-hmm. human to it. Um, and, yeah, he's a fun guy mm-hmm. and um, a good guy, I think, yeah. at heart. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, and I think that that's that's come out in almost everyone you've talked to. Yeah. That, that commonality, that another way of looking at it maybe of how to talk to your parents, how to relate to siblings in a – Harsh, bad situation when healthcare is involved. You know, uh-huh. everything that comes along with getting older well, and he, he having medical up, problems. I, I happen to remember that interview. He came up with a trick because his mom had dialysis a couple times a week and they weren't allowed to see her because visitation was restricted. So what they did was they figured out when the bus was going to arrive at the dialysis center and they would be standing there if it was blowing her a kiss um, you know, handing her a bag of treats, whatever it was, but it was human contact and it was reassurance that mom or grandma is okay. And, uh, you know, I thought, hey, that's ingenious. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to be resourceful, right? Mm-hmm. So he found a way to see mom and make sure that, and to let mom know, I'm still thinking about you. I still love you. This all sucks what we're all going through, mm-hmm. but it doesn't change how we feel about you. Right. What oh, a yeah. great what a great step because so many just feel like they've been abandoned. Be- and it's not because the family doesn't care, but they can't get in. Well, that was prior to COVID already, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People that just are states away that they never see their, their sons, daughters because they're just not there. So that's another thing that elders face is loneliness. Um, and, you know, it. I think people underestimate the seriousness of that because maybe they've never experienced it. Um, At my stage of life, I'm so darn busy, I don't have time to be lonely. Um, But if you think about solitary confinement and you you read up on that and and where that all comes from and the effects, then you can understand. Um, It's not fun being lonely or... You know, you're you're looking forward to Meals on Wheels because you get to have some human interaction for, what, 30 right. seconds or a minute. Um, that's not how it should be. Right. We should and, be more connected than that. And it's it's uh, it, it may be worse for an individual who was longtime married and they just recently lost their partner. They were used to having another person. Sure. Um, but even for those who 
were alone for a long time. I mean, it's just been really, really bad. Being alone is different than being lonely, Mm. right? Mm. So being disconnected socially. and, And sometimes we do it to ourselves. We get lazy and we want to sit out for a while. Um, don't do that. Keep connecting with your, your old friends, siblings, if that's what's left, whoever it is. Um, make an intentional effort uh, to stay connected to other human beings because mm-hmm. it matters to your mental and your physical health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that saying, or you always hear older adults kind of say, they outlived their friends. Uh-huh. They outlived mm-hmm. their family. Right. And that just that phrase... Yeah. It's haunting. How about that reality, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Tough stuff. Lisa, when you're ta- when you're doing your podcast and you're not really promoting, but do you see any particular social media platform that works well? You know, for us, we do a lot of LinkedIn and Facebook. Um, for yours, is there something more than others that seem to match up? Well, we love Apple Podcast. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Um, no, I can't. I can't really say what works best because, like I said, we really have not tried. It has grown organically, um, and that's a good thing. We are trying more. Uh, I told Brett next year we're going to make a more intentional effort to actually um, attract listeners. It's one of the reasons I'm here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, right. And I've been asking for reviews, which we've never done, and I think that will make a difference. Um, but I don't know about the LinkedIn or, or the Facebook. We, we really haven't tried it um, in real intentional ways. Yeah, I think it's, it's difficult with this type of podcast that and, and we realized that in the, our first iteration of this podcast, looking forward our way was under a different name, is that you were, you're at that cusp of the age group that just about doesn't listen yet. They're mm-hmm. coming. Mm-hmm. They're coming, but not in the droves like a 24-year-old person. Well, sure. The percentages. Absolutely. So, so you're kind of waiting it out <laughs> almost. You're, okay, next year even more, next year even more because – they're coming. But you know what? I, I think one of the reasons that we have seen growth is because we interview people who are interested in promoting mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever they're doing, mm-hmm. and we send them a link, and they do the work. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay right. with that. Yeah. Right? right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And then along the way, we gather listeners. You know, people um, – I also think of the podcast we did um, – Dirty Old Man. Do you remember that one? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And, and she specifically told me that I do want it called that. Yeah, yeah, I do. Because it's a it's a phrase. It's a term she it, hears a lot. It's so, a phrase, yeah. and it's it's a, a misconception that, um, you know, when men get old, they turn into dirty old men. Um, and so we had a daughter on talking about she was under that same misconception and didn't – was uh, not understanding her dad's behaviors – Turns out it was all linked to Alzheimer's. Um, And once she understood what was happening, then she was in a better place emotionally to deal with it. Mm -hmm. But when she didn't understand, it was very upsetting to her. And she's like, what is going on? Do I even really know my dad? And it just coincided that it these behaviors really didn't start presenting until mom passed away. And so sometimes we have unhappy coincidences, but turns out um, he had, um, I I don't really remember what type of dementia. I think it was Alzheimer's, 
but um, and it started getting progressively worse after mom left. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I'm sure when we're interviewing these people, they've got their own spheres of influence. They mm -hmm. share the podcast link with their spheres, and then we pick up listeners along the way. You All know, right. this is this really exemplifies how it's um, how a podcast can provide such critical information to yeah. the listeners. Uh, my uncle and my dad had open heart surgery within a year of each other, had similar medications they were taking, okay. and had completely opposite reactions to those medications in terms of the, the outcome of their behavior. Mm -hmm. um, my uncle, who was very shy, became very boisterous and <laughs> Doing I'm things shy. we were, yeah, we were really <laughs> shocked at. And my dad, who was normally a very gregarious person, became very inward, very, oh. very shy. So it, it, and they were younger. So Alzheimer's wasn't even part of the conversation. Mm -hmm. But you could see how easily a, a medication can make that change. Think about then as the person gets older, all the other things that are going on mm -hmm. and how family members need to understand. Yeah, um, I, I say my goal is to inform um, or entertain, um, but what I really want to do is I want to make people think. Mm -hmm. You know, I want yeah. to, and, and, and I want to help people understand that we do need to be human to the circumstances and the situations around us. Just today, um, so... The last time Brett and I were in the studio, we interviewed um, a young lady from Mount Carmel who taught, does, um, she said she doesn't oversee the program, but she's intricately involved with um, a program at OSU about street medicine and the homeless. And so I went through a drive through to get a drink on my way to Dayton today, and there was a homeless man. And I thought, and she, and I said, what can we ask her? What can we do? And she said, the best thing you can do is look at them, see them. Don't look away. Don't pretend you don't. Don't treat them like they're invisible. So I have a bad habit of giving money to every homeless person I see, and I had $3 in my wallet, and so I gave it to the gentleman, and um, I made eye contact with him when he accepted the money, and it made me cry immediately. And I'm like, oh, I was trying not to mess up my makeup today. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know, something always gets me, um, whether it's, you know, my praise music or whatever. But I thought that's what Laura was talking about mm -hmm. when she said, you got to see people. Mm -hmm. And when I looked in his face, what I knew for sure was that he wasn't faking it. He was seriously homeless and probably had been for a very long time. And he probably is my age, but he looked 20 years older. And he said, thank you, honey. And I think even he thought I was much younger than him. And I'm sure I'm not. And so I thought, that, that's what it is. got to see each other mm -hmm. um, and be concerned when people don't have the resources that they need. As opposed to immediately assuming that they did something wrong to put themselves into that situation. You know what? I really don't care what he did mm -hmm. to get in that situation. All I know is it's not fair that we live in what I still believe is the greatest country on earth. Certainly, we have the most resources, 
And our citizens should not be living in cardboard boxes or under bridges. Mm-hmm. That's just wrong. Right. right. So you're doing a great job with the podcast. I, 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 me producing and being there with you, I've learned every episode. There's really? always something to tell. Oh, yes. Well, and, and it's, it's. I don't pay any attention to you, so I don't know what you're over there doing. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Not that I'm doing something uh, strange, but no, you don't need to be paying attention. But you need to be listening yeah, to the guests. I am. But, you know, and, and you've done numerous guests talking about Alzheimer's. And yeah. and not in my mind, I'm not, I'm not thinking this like, oh, gosh, another Alzheimer's. But it's like, <laughs> but I'm thinking also every patient is different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every story that she's had about just, just this, Alzheimer's, is worth the listen because that disease is not the same for everyone. It's not a textbook disease. And I think bringing those stories to light of how to handle it, no, you don't know. You're going into it just like everybody else. Yeah. Eyes wide open. There are there are a few universal truths about Alzheimer's, um, like the fact that so far there have been no survivors. Um, there's no cure. It's progressively going to get worse over time, um, and the family goes for the ride um, as much as the patient. You don't get to leave the hospital room and, you know, get away from it for 15 or 20 minutes. It's with you all the time, and it's painful in a different way. Um, and the suffering uh, is overwhelming. It, it's just if you haven't seen it, and you don't have to, God bless you. I hope you never do. Um, but other than that, the journey is very different. Mm-hmm. The way families feel it and experience it and deal with it, very different. Um, the way individuals, um, even in the beginning, you know, when, you, when you're losing your mind and you know it, mm-hmm. be easier if you didn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you do. And so how do we cope with that? And what strategies are there? And is there a way to slow the disease? And, and how do you decipher? Because everyone's coming out with new research and everyone's got a cure and no one's got a cure. Um, so how do you decipher the BS from the legitimate information <laughs> that's being put out there? Um, but most importantly, how do we demonstrate that we care? And, and how do we treat that person like they're still there? Because they are. They are. And there's emotional memory. They might not know your name, but they know you love them. So visit. Don't not visit because they don't know your name. Um, and it's okay to tell. We call them therapeutic lies. Yeah, lie your butt off. If it helps in the moment, it doesn't matter. No one's judging you on that. What we are judging you on is when you rock that person's reality and you try to argue with them and help them understand what's real. It doesn't matter what's real. It matters what they think is real. So um, that's what we know. But you're right. Every interview is different. And there's always some new insight to take away from other people's experiences. Right. Well, if if you could start a new one, what would you want to do differently? If, If you want to do something differently. A new podcast? Yeah. What What would you want to do with it if you could start a new one? Maybe this one went away and you did have to do something new or a, a sidebar of it or a veering off. Yeah. I, you know what? I can't answer that. I would just rename it and do the same stuff okay. over and over again. <laughs> okay. No, it's, that, that's, that, there's no wrong answer. This yeah, is my passion. Yeah. You know, 
Um, this is what I feel God wants me doing right now. I don't know why. I don't know why people want to hear what what I'm, what we're up to. Um, don't, I get, don't ever. You may not know what know the answer, so don't ask. Yeah, the that's question. right. That's <laughs> right. I mean, I get a lot of emails, and people are telling me how soothing my voice is, and I'm like, man, my 24 year old never says that. You know, <laughs> but okay. Um, I just take it all as a blessing, and I feel like I'm following my passion. And it doesn't matter what we call it. We're going to talk about what matters to our elders and to to seniors and, and to people who are becoming invisible in a youth-based culture. Because that's just that's just not right. I'm not going to just sit by um, when I see it and I work with it every day and I know we can do better. Yeah, And I think you do that with every episode of just pulling back the covers, pulling back the, the curtain to the mystery of getting older. Yeah, yeah, it is kind of a mystery, it isn't is. it? It is, yeah. You know, I, I used to tell my son um, when he was little, and I still do, I'm going to get some things wrong because this is the first time I've ever been a mom, but it's going to be okay, and you're going to love me when it's all said and done, and I'm never going to stop loving you. There's no such thing as perfection. Um, we just have to... Do the best we can and be honest with one another um, and try to make sure that everybody gets what they need. And then we're in a good place, regardless of age or race or gender or religion and all these other categories we use to separate each other. Right. Yeah. The walls we build. Mm -hmm. And age is one of them. And I I hear hear people say, age is just a number. It's a little more than that. (laughs) a little more than that um but it isn't it doesn't have to be your only identifier mm-hmm. when right. people see you they don't right. if they see you carol they just don't have to say oh there's an old woman hey people say that of me too right they it depends it's all relative they if they card me when i buy a bottle of wine i'm very happy you're happy you're a happy girl <laughs> yeah. and that's the thing i used to object to people calling me a girl um, and someone did it yesterday, and I was like, "That's cool." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, it's, it's funny. By uh, our son uh, transitioned from a pediatrician to a regular doc. Okay, uh-huh. and so it was a first. And so we're there in the middle of the day when we could get. It was on election day, so we had the day off, so we could easily go in and get a physical for sports. Okay, so we're sitting around, and there in the waiting room are older people. Yeah, because it's that time of day, and it's convenient <laughs> for them. And he looks at me and he says, is this a doctor for older people? <laughs> I said, no. It's a doctor for people, son. <laughs> right. It's, it's because it's convenient for them. That's why they're here. Yeah. You know, that, that time of day Isn't and stuff like that. So it, he's a smart kid, but, it, but it's that look at that where we are at that moment in time well, but you sure. know and, and and it's how we answer those questions right right and well, i hope i did okay but you know it's like yeah she's not no it's just the time of day it's you know? like <laughs> you know you you think when you're 20 you think 35 is old right mm-hmm. when you're 35 you think man 50 is ancient when you're 50 you're like yeah you know 70 my new mom's, 50. My mom's 75, and she's like, oh, yeah, maybe 90. I mean, it just depends. <laughs> just keep kicking the can, don't we? Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Here's the other thing. You don't, for most of us, I mean, sometimes our bodies, you know, we have aches and pains, and we know our age, but I don't know how many people I've interviewed think, I, I don't feel old, Lisa. People treat me like I'm old. 
I don't feel old. I've got ideas and ambitions, and I aspire to things, and I'm still learning, and I'm contributing, and uh, it's the same as it ever was. You know, maybe I'm a little slower. Maybe I'm a little slower, or maybe not. You know, I've, I've interviewed people who are the healthiest they've ever been at 70. Um, I hope I can be like them. I don't know if that will work out or not, but um, it's a goal. <laughs> age is more than a number. We for sure know that, but it's not uh, everything. It's not the, the people are complex. So you see, us all seventy-year-olds are not alike. Hate to break it to you, they might. Some of them might have a lot of them might have gray hair, <laughs> but that doesn't really help you understand anything about that person. So that's what young people need to get. Mm-hmm. And and younger, older people need to get, because I have a lot of folks who will s- talk to me about, you know, I'd really like to start thinking about retirement, and and but I don't know what I'm going to do. And Oh, when they retire? Yes. Yeah. And, and it, what a shame, because there's so much to do. Uh-huh. And, when, and because you now have the flexibility you've never had in your life before. A little freedom, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Have fun while you're doing it. Right. Exactly. That's my goal. Tap into something you're passionate about. Exactly. If you don't know what you're passionate about, well, you better figure it out. You've had your whole life to figure it out. Exactly. <laughs> what are you waiting on? Exactly. Yeah. Get but to it. You can, but if you've got the flexibility, what a great time to experiment and check things out and go on new adventures and take up the challenges. Well, and there's, you know, there's science to that that says... You know, when you get to that stage, you start um, realizing happiness in a way that you haven't known since you were a kid. Mm-hmm. So that's something to look forward to. So the numbers so. can be reversed. So if you're 70, you just turn it to 07. 07. And you're exactly. seven years old again. Just don't do double 07, Brett, and we'll be fine. <laughs> there, there you go. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. Daniel Craig's not bad to look at. <laughs> Give me a break here. <laughs> Even if he is just a young whippersnapper. (laughs) Lisa, thank you. This has been so much fun just to have a good conversation with you. One of the things we always ask of our guests is to give some final last words to the audience. Now, we're looking at lots of different audiences we've addressed today. People who have older adult um, friends, relatives that they may be doing some caregiving for. Uh People who are doing marketing. People who have... (laughs) accidentally gotten into the uh, the uh, a job working with older adults and yeah. with the idea that maybe they want to purposefully get into a job for older adults and podcasters. So there you go. <laughs> My goodness. I know. What, what words of wisdom do you have? You know what? I do have something for all those different groups, and, and that is this. Do not be afraid of change. Change is inevitable. Change is natural. Uh you're always changing. You're constantly changing and evolving and hopefully growing. And the other thing, don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, this is one of the things that, you know, we hear so often with older adults. You know, their pride gets in the way of them admitting that they need a little help. And if you just accepted a little help um, and try not to be a control freak about it, because then people will be more likely to help you. This is true in the workplace as well, Right. Um, raise your hand if you have a question, if you need some help, um, and then hopefully someone will be there to help you. But if you don't ask and you're not willing to accept it, you're going nowhere fast. There's no shame, and I always say this, 
we come into this world completely and totally dependent on others, and there's no shame in it. Nobody ever held a baby and said, well, you needy little Grinch. You know, <laughs> that's not how we treat them. Um, and we always need each other, all stages of our life. And so when you get older, no matter how independent you have been or how um, self-sustaining you have been or how resourceful you have been, there may come a time when you need a little help. Ask for it and be kind about it when someone offers Someone actually steps to the plate and offers to give it to you. That's what I would say. Thank you. Sounds Thank good. You. Yeah. She is our first podcaster we've had on this podcast. I think, right? <laughs> yes. Other than ourselves, we're not looking <laughs> right. in a mirror and such. So right. thank you for doing that. You're I appreciate welcome. it. It's, it's, it's been, been a pleasure. It's been good. I, I would highly encourage listeners aging. This is the podcast to be doing it. Aging in full bloom. Exactly. It's it's look it up in, in every device that plays audio. You'll mm-hmm. find it. Aging yeah. in full bloom. And if you want to be a guest, email me because that's what everybody else does. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and what's what's the email address? We'll put it in the show notes though, too. Of course. Oh what do you want goodness. to send to? I think it's aging in full bloom at gmail.com. I think that's what we've got set up. Yeah. See, I don't see those emails. I don't know where they're getting hold of you. So I'm assuming yeah, it's that one. It is. <laughs> it's so good. We also have a Facebook. You could find us there as well, but you're much more likely to get a quick response from me if you email, because sometimes I don't look at Facebook for a while. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's not a sin. Talk, talk about a time user, yes. Exactly. So, good. We'll have all this information in the show notes, as well as, you know, head to our website, lookingforwardourway.com. Thank you both. And Thank you. And to our listeners, be good to your elders. They've earned it. <laughs>